every decision that you make, your decision regarding relationship, will be largely depending upon what you value most as opposed to what you value least. I encourage you, whenever you make a decision around your finances, when you make a, a decision regarding your children, regarding your wife, regarding your future, always consider this. Always consider the reason or the values in which you're making that decision on. To consider the principles that you walk on. If you are making a decision based on the immediate benefit or the immediate uh, what's in front of you, you'll find that uh, things don't always go according to what's immediate. Time moves on. Things change. What, means, what seemed like a good idea at the start could end up being a disaster. But the nature of this decision that happened with, with Ruth and Naomi and, and Orpha was a relational decision. You'll find that we all come into a place where we've got to make decisions regarding relationships. Who we're going to connect to and what's going to be the nature of that relationship. What is the nature of the relationship that you have with the people around you? What is the nature of the relationship that you have with me? What is the nature of relationship that you have with your family? Is it a relationship of convenience? I know you're married, but really is it a flatmate situation? I know he's your daughter or your son, but are they really, do you embrace them as that in your heart? I, I, the, nature, the, the actual nature of your relationships will affect how the life of God will flow and how, how your life will actually flow out. If I, I have my father here, he's my friend, he's my, uh, he's my father, he is my boss, he has the power to fire me, he's also my apostle. The way that I relate to him will affect how, to a large degree, how my life will go. The decisions in which I make regarding my relationship with my father and my mother will largely shape how my life will work. And that decision will also shape how your lives will work as well. So the decisions we make are not just, they are never just one-dimensional. They have a, a massive effect. They, have, they shape the whole ecosystem. That is why you've got to be careful and consider carefully the decisions that you make in life. The way that I honor my mum, she is my mum, but she's also a great woman of God. And if I become familiar with her, one of the things I'll miss out on is the grace of God that's in upon her life. If I get too caught up with the the, the issues or the difficulties, the relational difficulties, if I get too caught up on that, what I will miss out on is the grace of God that's upon their life. And this is where I believe that God has wanted to speak to us as a church. God is not looking for a perfect church. The issue is we will have issues. We will be relational tensions between us. It's going to happen. Don't, worry about don't, that, don't, don't try and deny that it's not going to happen. There will be pain, there will be disappointment, there will be famine. People here will experience famine. People will experience relational breakdowns. It's going to happen. Jesus never promised us a rosy red life. That can, You're going to go out through ups and downs. There will be relational tension. But it's what happens in those spaces will shape how our lives unfold. It will shape whether there's a grace released on our life or there's a grace that has been withheld. We see that these guys, these, these ladies, they're on this journey and they come to a place of decision. And I would suggest that the decisions that we make about our relationships are fundamental to shaping our future. So choose carefully. We'll find ourselves at various points in our life deciding who will we share our life with, what will be the nature of that relationship, and what factors will influence those decisions. 
One of the things we say, we're going to come down, and it says, Orpha. So what happened, there was a difficult time, and so Naomi said to the ladies, she said, girls, you all lost your husbands. There's, there doesn't seem to be much hope. Naomi herself is in a bad place. She's depressed, she's, she's bitter, she's angry, she's, she's all those things. She's a good woman, but she's also angry. Right? And she says, girlies, you all need to go back to your own home now. I, I can't provide what you need. I can't give you a husband. I can't give you your kids. I can't, there's a whole bunch of things that I can't give you. Look at me, I'm a mess. I can't give you all these things. I, I, I recommend, I, I think it's time for you girls to go back to your own land of Moab and perhaps you'll find a husband back there. Perhaps your hope is found back over there and not with me. Sometimes that's often a good option. Sometimes we think, that our hope is best found back where we came from. Maybe we find that our hope is best found over there. And we're going to start to look at the two responses here. So, what, so what she did, uh, I encourage you just to read through this, but read through Ruth chapter 1. So what she does, she kisses both her daughters. Kiss. <laughs> she kisses one and kisses the other and blesses them. Then we find in chapter, four, in chapter 14, uh, verse 14, it says this. That Orpha, in verse 14, it says, And again they wept together, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. Orpha made a heart decision. And I want to just, we're going to look at the word kiss. Yeah. I thought, it's a strange word to look up, but I thought I'd start to have a look at what the word kiss means and actually significance of that. When Naomi gave her a kiss, it was different from the kiss that Orpha returned back. Let me explain. Now, as I started to think about kissing in the Bible, it's not something I, I research at all, but I felt to do this. Naomi, when you think about, I uh, started to look at the, the, the examples in the Bible, like if, if you look in marriage, whenever a, a husband and a wife get married, one of the things that they do is they symbolize the union of marriage, first of all, by a kiss. You may kiss the bride. They kiss and everybody cheers. Hey! But there's actually more to that than, than, than uh, that we can often see initially. Actually, what the kiss means is an exchange of life. Whenever you saw the word kiss in the Bible, whenever you heard the word, whenever you saw a kiss in the Bible, it either meant, it meant one of three things. One of three things. It meant the life I have in me I give to you. The grace that I have inside of me, I give to you. So when Naomi kissed Orpha and kissed Ruth, essentially what she was saying was, the life that I have left in me, I share it with you. You find that, so a kiss is one, is that you are sharing a life with one another. I give you my life. I give you a kiss. I am sharing my life with you. Uh, the very same way to hongi. If you think about a hongi, when two people hongi, what they're essentially saying is we are sharing the same breath together. We are sharing the same wairua. We share the same spirit. We are sharing the same life together. In the same way, when somebody gives one person a kiss, it's saying, it's, it's, this is kind of expanding it a little bit more. It's saying, I'm sharing what I have with you. And so in the context of marriage, when a husband and wife come together and they kiss, 
what they're both what they're symbolizing is this. The life that I have and the life that you have, we are coming together and we are sharing that life together. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible says, greet each other with a holy kiss. What is the business with that? The issue is this. The issue is not the physical affection. I mean, it is to a certain degree. But it's more symbolic of this, that when you come together, what we're doing is that when we kiss each other, and we give you each other a hongi or something like that, what that symbolizes, we are coming together and we share the same life. The life that you have, I receive. The life that I have, I give. However, when you look at the definition of the word kiss, where Orpha gave Naomi, the only other place, one of the only other places that definition is described is when Judas kissed Jesus. When Judas kissed Jesus, he was basically saying this. It was a kiss of betrayal. Instead of saying, I receive your love, or I'm sorry about this, bro. No, it wasn't that. It was symbolic of this. The life that you gave me, I purpose in my heart today to give it back. I don't want, I don't want it. I reject it. It's in this kiss. When you, so whenever you looked at the Bible and the kissing or the, the demonstration of the, the, the physical was always reflective of something in the heart. It wasn't necessarily words were spoken, but it was the spirit, the white oil behind it. And so Naomi comes to a point, they come to a low point inside of their lives. And Naomi said, in the midst of your low point, what I have in to me, I give to you, I bless you. I know I've failed, I know I've messed up, I know I'm in a place of loss, I don't have anything to feed you, but what I do have, I give to you. But Orpha, she got hardened in her heart. She was bitter in the side of her heart. She decided, I don't want no part of your life anymore. That life that you've given me, I reject it. I'm not only rejecting you, I'm, not re I'm rejecting what you've given me, I'm also rejecting your God and I'm going back. When you find yourself in a hard place, it's very different. It's very easy to, in our hearts, to miss out on the grace and not receive the the afi, the love that people have. In the place of pain, it's very easy to to reject or lose sight of the grace of God within another person. As a pastor, I, I experience, even as a father, as a dad, I see my kids. I see my kids mess up all the time. They don't do their jobs. One of them doesn't do a job at all. It doesn't matter how much time I threaten or anything like that. But I still kiss her. I still believe in her. I still see the grace of God upon her life. And that's what's on my focus. In the same way in the body of Christ, when we greet each other with a holy kiss, I mean, you don't have to pucker up to the person there. I'm not. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, let out, there has, there's always a reflection, on the, there's always an external manifestation of what's going on inside of our heart. And I know that people, they have seen the weaknesses, they have seen the, the failures of a man of God or a woman of God, and they've decided in their heart that they've walked away, I don't want any part of this in their life. The other side is, I've seen people who have seen the weakness, but have also seen the grace. You look at, the, you look at what happens to Orpha. So Orpha, her kiss was like this. Naomi kissed her, symbolizing giving her life, but the kiss Orpha gave was a back, one of back of rejection. In doing so, she walked away from her faith in God and embraced the idols of Moab again, where she had come from. 
In her heart, she must have thought something like this. Why am I putting up with this crap? Why should I put up with this crap anymore? My daddy was a king. I had power back there. My mummy was a queen. Now I'm in a place looking after following this woman. But for nothing but despair on my look, and I've got nothing. I'm not putting up with this crap anymore. You can stuff your church. You can stuff all that. I'm just going to go back to my own way of living. I don't know about you, but many times we get to that point where things don't work out as we thought. People have let us down. We're disappointed. Many people get to that point where they get frustrated to the point where they say, actually, I've had enough of this hardship. I'm going to go and find my own way. I'm rejecting relationship. I'm just going to walk away and go back to where I came from. And friends, many times you'll find that that's a very appealing option. Because it's hard to grow relationally. It takes conflict. Orpha doesn't walk, just walk away. It's interesting that it's stated in Jewish literature that as soon as Orpha stepped out of this relationship, listen to this, as soon as Orpha stepped out of this relationship, she just didn't go home. Jewish literature suggests that this, that this, that as soon as she made a decision in her heart and stepped out of the relationship, that seemingly on the outside and short term looked like it was not going to benefit her in one single bit. As soon as she made a decision to reject the relationship, to reject that grace, to reject and walk away, she didn't just walk just home. In fact, like I said, the, the Jewish literature suggests this, that that very night she was raped, the Bible say, what the, the Hebrew encyclopedia would say, that she was raped a hundred times that night. Not only did she fall, she fell into a place of promiscuity. She not only fell into a place of promiscuity, but this. She, after, this after this occasion, after she walked away, History says this, or even the scriptures talk about this, that she ended up having four sons. One of those sons was Goliath. So not only did she just, she didn't just walk away and say, have, have enough of that, but actually that decision affected her the rest of her life. She fell in the place of depravity. And you'll find that sometimes when people fall out of a place of grace, they don't just fall a little bit. When people get to such a place in their life, sometimes they just fall away completely. They try and justify their actions, but they, they come into a place of warfare inside of their lives. And I've seen people in this, I've seen people come and, 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 and once walking in relationship, but they missed out and they walked away. They made a decision in their heart to, to leave the grace. They don't just walk away. Actually, for some people, they ended up in jail. It not only affected their lives, but it affected a hundred generations, a thousand generations. Her decision to walk away from that relationship shaped the course of history, her history went downhill and was wiped out. The decisions that you make relationally, you may not see initially how it all works out, but it does do something. But you look at, you look at Ruth. Ruth took a different posture in her heart. In verse 14 it says, And they wept together, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly, Naomi. They're all in pain, all got the same circumstance. One rejected, the other took a step closer, took a hold of her physically. Instead of walking away, and instead of taking the step back, she took a step closer. There was something inside Ruth. There was a, she, she took a step of faith. She, even though there was 
A whole bunch of negative things happened around that. She was disappointed. She must have been disappointed with her mother-in-law. She must have experienced, she must have been in a place of disappointment and pain. But yet something inside of her looked past that difficulty, past the weakness, and saw that somewhere in this woman there was a grace. So Ruth, she she grabs her mother-in-law and says these. She, even though she was a, you've got to imagine, these are she's a different race to her mother-in-law. She was a, a race of a race that was rejected by God, was rejected by the, by the Jews or the Israelites. Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your God will be my God. and Your people shall be my people. Friends, you've got to come to a point, she goes on to say, your God, wherever you die, I will die, and there I will bury, be buried. In other words, she's saying, instead of walking away, she's taking a step closer and saying, instead, yes, there's some tension between us. Yeah, we've had some pretty difficult conversations. Yes, there's been failure. Yes, we're all in a bad way. Yes, we're all facing brokenness. But instead of taking a step back, I'm taking a step forward and saying, yes, your nose might be flat and mine's like a beak, but your people are my people. Yeah, I may look different to you physically. I may have come from a different background. I may have been this, or I may have I come back. But I recognize that there's a grace of God. There's a, something in you that will bind us together. And your God will be my God, and your people shall be my people. Friends, you'll find that even in this church, every one of us will look a little bit different. We've got Samoans, we've got uh, Islanders, we've got Maori, we've got Irishmen, we've got People from all sorts of different backgrounds. We've even got people from different church backgrounds. Friends, even if you come from a different church, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he will come again and his blood washes us from all sin. Friends, you are my people. I don't care if you're a different color. I don't care if you're from a different socioeconomic background. I see the grace of God inside of you, and you are my people. Your God is my God. It's our God. Well, whanau. Wafana. Friends, that's the church that God, I believe, has for us. Interesting, there was no apparent advantage for, to be gained by Ruth in doing so. She's doing this to a broken down woman. Physically, she was broken down. There was no way it looked like she could provide anything. Nothing. Zippo. She had nothing. There was no short-term gain for her to do this. She gained zero in that, last, in that first five minutes. Nothing. Not a nutter. And often you find that when people make that commitment, they expect the change just to happen straight away. Sometimes it takes a little time. And just think, so she goes on, that there was no apparent benefit immediately. But she saw the grace of God upon her life. What she was doing was when she embraced her, she took her by the collar and said, and said those words to you. Basically, she was, she was taking a step of faith. She couldn't see naturally, but she could see in her spirit that there was something of the one true God inside of her. She couldn't even find the words because she was in a different disposition of grace. But nonetheless, she must have recognized that there was a grace of Jehovah Jireh, the great I am, upon her life. Regardless of her faults, regardless of where she was in life, and made the decision, 
I'm going to cling to you because I know that God is with you somewhere. I can't quite see it right now, but I know he's there. And I'm going to get a hold of to you. And in getting a hold of you, I'm also getting a hold of the grace of God that abides on your life. Interesting. Their heart and actions. And no one apart from Orpha, doesn't, I don't imagine anyone else was there to see that. Must have been just the three of them making that decision. But it goes on that eventually they, they came back to Israel and the story goes that they, they found a relative and the name was Boaz. And, and Boaz, in, in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 11, Boaz said to her, it's an interesting prophetic story where, where, where Boaz, is, uh, prophetically speaking, represents Jesus Christ. And he said to her, I have been made fully aware of all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people unknown to you before. She became blessed abundantly in every way and became the grandmother to King David and from her descendants became Jesus Christ. Two sisters, same situation, two people. One betrayed the relationship and walked away. The other made a decision to come closer, to take a step closer and say, we'll work this out, baby. Mama, we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out. Whatever comes our way, we're going to work this out. You find that Orpha's, grand, Orpha's grandkids became Goliath. Ruth's grandkids was David. Then the two meet, and David's, um, David and David's spiritual sons destroyed Goliath and his three brothers. It's amazing how years later how their paths cross again. Who would have thought that? And who would have thought that a thousand years after that, that Jesus already had, God already had it set in mind that out of this woman will become my only begotten son. Decisions that you make relationally can shape the course of your life individually, shape the course of families, and shape the course of nations. It was all because one decided to take a step closer and the other decided to take a step away. It may seem so small, but yet it's a big, powerful decision to make. The result of a simple turning in the path of life, what a great difference was made in the decisions. That's why I asked you at the beginning, what factors, can, what factors do you consider? What factors influence your decision? Is it a short-term gain or is it a long-term? What factors affect the decisions that you make in terms of your relationships? Do you see the grace of God upon a person or do you see the weaknesses and the failures? Sometimes... The relationship was under stress. Orpha rejected the relationship, but Ruth, Ruth recognized the grace on Naomi. She saw through. Somebody say, I'm seeing through. I'm seeing through the barriers of race. I'm seeing through the barriers of despair and failure. I'm seeing through the, 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 the areas of weakness, and I'm seeing the gold. I'm seeing the grace inside this person. You do it with your kids already. Why not do it with the people around you? She saw through and she stepped, took a step closer to Naomi. Sometimes we can get too focused on the difficulties between us that we don't see or don't trust 
that the Lord is leading us somewhere together. There is going to be relational tension. Maybe you've got a little bit now. Maybe it's with me, maybe it's with somebody else. doesn't matter. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. The issue is this. Will we come together in love? Will you see the grace? Or will you see the weaknesses? When we journey our journey with God, it doesn't always stay on the top of the mountains. <laughs> Sometimes he leads us on the mountains together. Other times, he leads us through the valleys. For some of us, we'll face valley times together. Sometimes we'll face mountain times together. Regardless of where we are in our relationship, sometimes it will be winter. <laughs> sometimes it will be a nice and warm and sunny relationship. Wherever we are in our relationship, together as a family, together between you, Together, if we would trust that the Lord is taking us to a good place and it's in his timing, we will find that if we hang on and take a step closer, we will come in to a season of great blessing and great abundance. Not only will it be over your life, it'll be over your family's life. I've seen people walk out of church before because they were either hurt in some way and rightly or wrongly, doesn't really matter, that's not really the issue. The issue is this, do we choose to see the grace do we choose to make that commitment to walk through the valleys and see it through together? If we do that, you'll find that there'll be a dispensation of grace, a power that's upon our lives that people will be hungry for. Even the world will ditch people if the thing's going bad. But that's not us. We're not of the world. We relate differently. We relate. We walk together through our valleys. We walk together on our mountains. Yes, we make mistakes, but I'm not going to abandon you because of you made a mistake. Because you did, made a bad choice. I'm not going to abandon you because of that. I'm going to see the grace that's in your life. The same with me. Don't abandon me because I make a mistake. Don't just walk out to church because something was a bit whatever. You'll find that even just doing that, I've noticed with people in the past, when they got offended and walked away for rightly or wrongly, it not only affected their life, but it affected their children, and I believe their children's children, and it will set a no, snowball effect that lasts for generations. Consider your relationships. Consider the nature of your relationship because it is by relationship that grace gets released over your life. I could have got offended and hurt by, by, uh, by mum and dad and eh, things not always rosy, but I choose to make a decision. There's a grace of God upon his life. And if I position myself rightly, even if he says things I don't like or don't agree with, it doesn't matter if I make myself come closer and cling, I'll find that I'll have a, a grace that comes upon my life that will not only just be upon my life, be upon my kids and it'll be upon you. And it'll be upon your kids. And it'll be upon your kids' kids. I've watched people reject and they've lost out huge amounts. Consider carefully the nature of your relationships. Sometimes he leads us. As long as we trust him, he will lead us to a great future. Friends, all of us are going to go through these seasons where we're battered or bruised. I was watching this movie the other day, The Greatest Showman. Amazing story. About people who were kind of a little different with the bearded lady and somebody who was eight feet tall and 
all had kind of oddities around their life, or they were kind of rejects to people. The way the story, the way the movie unfolds is just amazing. And they got one of the words of the song is this, I'm no stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say, no one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust, for I know there's a place for us. We are glorious. <laughs> all of us have got broken parts, people. Me included, unfortunately. Bummer. Let's not be ashamed of our broken parts. Let's not try to hide them. Try and hide those parts. Hide our places of famine. Hide our places of loss. But let's also see the grace of God upon one another. Because God is leading to a place in the words of that song. I'm not going to let them break me down to dust because I know there's a place for us for we are glorious. God has got a, a glorious place for us and it's, sometimes we've got different ideas of what that's like but I believe that it's largely, there's a strong relational element to that. The, the glorious place that God has for us is a place of mercy, it's a place of grace. It's a place where you experience unconditional love. That's the church I believe God's raising up for us. We can see great signs and blind eyes open and things like that. But my heart is this. That we would journey through the lower places and we would journey through the highest places together. That we won't try and hide our mistakes or our failures. But in doing so, we allow God to come and touch us. That we choose in our hearts to see the good inside of you. To see the good inside of the person next to you. They may look a little funny. They may sound a little funny. may smell a little funny. But there's a grace inside of them. For me, I may be all of that, but there's a grace inside of me. And if you would choose in your heart to relate to me, to relate to the Lord, you choose to relate like that. To take a step closer and not take a step away. You will find that there will be a dimension of grace that will be poured out. For offer. Little did she know that just around the corner, if she had just kept her heart, if she had just taken a step closer, if she had decided not to reject but to take a step closer, she also would have experienced that blessing over her life. For some people here, you may be in a place of relational tension right now, maybe thinking to pack up and quit, saying, oh, I don't want any part of this anymore. Well, it's your decision. They all want to kiss me goodbye and say, I don't want part of your church anymore. It's your decision. Or we can make a decision to say, we're going to work through whatever we need to work through. We will be stronger together. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tall, the short, <laughs> whatever. When we come together as one, when we come together, maybe we just need to introduce Hongi, Peter, and church again. Then when we come together and worship, when we come together, when I look at the people around you, when you look at the person next to you, you say in your heart, you are mine and I am yours. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Regardless of whether in a valley or in a mountain, we're walking this together because I know God's got a place for us. And we're going to enter that together. Church, I love you so much. <laughs>
And I believe we're in the greatest hours of our life. I believe that we're going to come into a season of great grace. We're going to come into a season where we'll find the, the power of God will be poured out, but also that it will become to a place of emotional and relational health, that we can love each other. We can come to a place where we can see the grace of God within each other and call that forth. Please just stand to your feet right now. Because I know that there's a place for us. God's got a place for us as a church. It's a glorious place. It's a place of wonder. It's a place of love. It's a place of joy. It's a place of freedom. It's a place of influence. It's a place of blessing, abundant blessing over your life. Come on, just lift your hands today. Lord, we honor you. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy that you poured out over our lives. Even though, Lord, we are got conflict going on, even though we've got our challenges, Lord, you still see the grace inside of us. Lord, you give us what we don't deserve and you withhold what we do deserve. Lord, I thank you for your love that binds us together. I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for every person that you'll bring into this house. Lord, let us today take a step closer. Lord, let us take a step closer to you. Closer to your mercy, closer to your grace. Go, I'll go. Your people. 
family is my family. You are mine and I am yours. Yes, I'm disappointed, but I'll love you. Yes, I'll get hurt, but I'll love you and I'll reach out to you. If you're disappointed, if there's an issue between us, I'll be proactive, I'll take a step closer. Maybe you're here in a famine. Maybe you're experiencing relational tension somewhere. Will you make a decision in your heart today to take a step closer? Take a step closer into grace. Father, I thank you for your family. I thank you for every one of us in this place today. Thank you for the journey that you've brought each and every one of us, every one of us on. Thank you for where you're taking us right now. Thank you for the glorious place that you're taking us. I thank you to the place of blessing. Thank you for the place of favor that you're bringing us to. Lord, I pray for every household, Father, every individual in this place right now. I thank you for the grace that you've placed on their lives. I thank you for the goodness. I thank you for the faith that you've placed in their heart. Father, today in the name of Jesus, I call them forth. The fullness of what you have for them today in Jesus' name. For those who are facing relational tension, I pray today, Holy Spirit, that your presence will come. That you'll draw us closer in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless your people today. I bless them as they go from this place. I bless their relationships. I bless their relationships with their children. I bless their marriages. For those who are alone, for those that feel in a place of famine. Lord, I pray right now that you would strengthen their hearts. Lord, that you would reach out to them and touch them. Lord, that your mercy would touch their lives. Lord, that your grace. Lord, that you would bring hope to their lives today in Jesus' name. Ooh. Mm-hmm.